it's Nikki, and this is the Be Beautiful You podcast. And today my guest is Margaret Copelinson, the founder of Francis Austin. And I'm really excited to talk to you today because this is something that I am extremely passionate about when it comes to fashion. So how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. you? I am doing really, really good. And like I said, I'm really excited to talk with you because at Something that I have actually taken on as kind of a passion project over the last couple of years, I've really become more aware of the way that I am consuming products. And fashion is one of those things that I've really taken an interest in. So why don't you, first of all, tell me about Francis Austin, how it came to be, and what your mission is for the company. Yeah, so my background is in merchandising, and I ran the apparel business for charlotteroost.com. And so I worked in fast fashion. So I know all the dirty secrets and I know what that supply chain looks like. And uh, after several years of doing that, I decided that my personal values and point of view and what I was doing were too divergent and decided it was time to go do something else. And so I thought a lot about, you know, something that I need, something that I love. And I also thought about, you know, my past career and what could really make a difference. And that the answer for me was working uh, on a business that produces ethically and as sustainably as possible, which is a complicated word, and makes products that are made to last. What is shopping sustainably and why is it so important? It's an interesting question because I don't think that there is one sort of key answer. Like if you only buy from this company or you only buy this type of fabric or it only has this type of environmental certification, you've like checked the box and it's sustainable. But it, I think, is a like a more holistic sort of decision-making process around those metrics. And the reason why it's important is you just even look at the fires that are happening in Australia and climate change, and it's so multidimensional, but fashion can be a part of it. And fashion generates 4% of the world's waste each year, 92 million tons of waste. And Americans specifically put out um, in 2015, which is the most recent year that data is available, Americans put out 16 million tons of textiles into the municipal waste stream, which is a 68% increase from 2000. That's from an article in The Atlantic. So our impact as consumers is measurable and it's increased, you know, even since 2000 and even more since, um, since like the 1980s. And what is fast fashion's impact on that? How much do they contribute to that? That's a really good question. I don't have the numbers behind that in terms of what fast fashion versus sort of non-fast fashion looks like. But where fast fashion's impact is really negative is in a few different places. So uh, one is payment and treatment of workers. Mm -hmm. So that is something that is a little bit more opaque in the fast fashion industry. A lot of times people are using subcontractors. So you as the the corporate body may not actually know who's making your clothes. And so that's concerning. And there's been examples of where 
you know, you find out. And even if it's made in the USA, there are, you know, sweatshops in Los Angeles that work with fast fashion companies, but um, you don't necessarily have visibility to who's producing clothes. So that's one aspect. Um, another aspect is just the disposability of the clothes. So contributing to that massive waste number. So when you purchase something that costs $9.99 or $16.99, it's not made for, you know, a long lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. It's made to wear quickly, be on trend, and then frankly, like to be disposed of. And part of the problem is, is like the quality is so low that it can't be resold either. It ends up being like scrap and waste. And then, you know, they use a lot of synthetic fabrics, which means that then it's not biodegradable. So then it's sitting in a landfill for like a hundred years if it's like a poly-based, plastic-based. So there's a lot of negative consequences, both from a social and from an environmental perspective. Why are people so drawn to fast fashion? Because you see it all the time. You know, you've got all of these stores yeah. that are all over the place and, and online. There are so many places online that are selling this fast fashion. What is the draw? I mean, we're addicted to consuming. And I think that that's fueled a lot by social media, which, and, you know, not to, I certainly won't blame social media, but I think that it ends up fueling this kind of idea of, I need to, you know, always show up in a different outfit on my Instagram feed mm -hmm. or whatever. I think, though, we're seeing a big trend in social media that's toward, like, authenticity that has started. So hopefully we'll see a shift as people realize that with the environmental consequences and the social consequences, that it's not that cool to always have something new on and that it can be cooler to be creative and rewear things or, you know, source vintage things or be more thoughtful. So I think we're starting to see some of that trend, but, and we're also seeing fast fashion companies really try to work on their supply chains and be more environmentally conscious. I think, you know, Everlane, you know, they're quite a bit more expensive than like your Forever 21 or your H&M, but they, you know, do kind of represent like a bridge between that fast fashion world and sustainability and transparency. So how can we as consumers help decrease the environmental impact of this fast fashion? I wish that the answer was that you could shop from these five companies or you could only buy, uh, you know, certain environmentally certified things, but it really comes down to buying less. And that can can be hard to, you know, shift your consumer mindset. And I think my background in fast fashion, I really understand that that it can almost be like an addiction to having new things all the time. So you have to wean yourself off and, and really be more thoughtful about your purchases. And, and I think also more planful. So I think the single, the single biggest thing we can all do is to buy, buy better and buy less. And then from there, I also advocate for uh, buying natural fibers. So um, what's great about natural fibers is that they biodegrade so that once something has like lived its life and you've you know, gotten a lot of wear out of it, it won't stay necessarily in the environment then for like another 100 years or like shed microplastics like a poly would. 
I think also looking at you know, companies that are um, producing ethically, because I think it's not just about finding environmentally friendly fabrics, but it's also about making sure that the people who are making them are being treated fairly and you're not contributing to negative social consequences. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the natural fibers, but specifically what kinds of things a lot of people don't know what those fibers are so what kinds of fabrics should we be looking for if we really want to start shopping sustainably yeah so i um anything that's in the woolen family so wool that's merino that's uh cashmere alpaca um any of those fabrics which you'll find in knitted sweaters or in um, woven fabrics. Those are all natural fibers. Silk is a a natural fiber that's biodegradable. Cotton. And I actually, organic versus conventional cotton is kind of an interesting question because organic cotton takes more water, which can have negative environmental consequences. So I, I think that buying a conventional cotton that's made by um, a company that stands by their manufacturing processes is totally okay. You don't, I don't think that you need to only buy organic cotton. And then there's certain fibers that I try to avoid. Some of them are, I just try to buy less of them because for instance, for, you know, workout clothes, it's really hard to avoid polys Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. But there are starting to be some recycled polys out in the market. There's a company called Girlfriend that really stands by their quality uh, and uh, sustainability of their products. So that's uh, a company to look at for workout clothes. Yeah, so really trying to avoid anything that's um, plastic-based and buying less of that or maybe trying to buy used. I think vintage is a really great resource for shopping sustainably because even if it is a poly, you know, that will still shed some microplastics you know, you're not, you're giving it a second life versus it going into a landfill. Mm-hmm. That brings me to my next question, because a yeah. lot of these natural fibers can tend to be more expensive. So how can people on a budget shop sustainably? Vintage is such a great way to shop sustainably. I think there's so many amazing things about shopping vintage from an environmental perspective, and then also from a style perspective, it really gives you an opportunity to create a unique look. And I think that just because you're trying to be more thoughtful and more sustainable doesn't mean you have to be less stylish. So vintage is one of the first places that I recommend looking. And then, you know, if you're purchasing less, hopefully you're able to invest a little bit more in something that you love that you know you'll be able to wear. You know, all those $9.99 tank tops, if you only buy one, maybe you can spend $25 and you can get it from Everlane. In my recent blog, Five Sustainable Fashion Trends for 2020, I mentioned a capsule wardrobe. Can you explain what a capsule wardrobe is and how do we create one? Well, a capsule wardrobe is, the way that I define that is it is a, almost like a micro wardrobe that you sort of create for yourself for a season. And it involves being really planful about what the look you want to, you know, have for the season is, what the color palette is for the season, because the idea is all the pieces should 
mix and match and be seamless together, which makes it really easy to dress. And so what I think is cool about it is you can create like a Pinterest board, you know, really spend some time investigating, you know, and thinking about your style for the season and then pull pieces that you already own. And then maybe you add in one or two new pieces. An interesting fact is that the average American buys 66 new pieces of clothing per year. So if you're, you know, looking at sort of four seasons, fall, spring, summer, winter, and you're only adding two or three pieces a year, you could significantly reduce that number relative to the average. And if you're investing in quality products each year, when you decide that you want something new, you want to add something to your wardrobe, those clothes are resellable. Exactly. And they will, they can have a long life. You can resell them. You can buy already, you know, vintage and then resell them again. It's such There's a lot of opportunity in the circular economy to, you know, own beautiful things at, you know, much less of an investment price. And when you are building a capsule wardrobe, what kinds of things do you need to start with? I always start with a great pair of jeans. I love a vintage Levi's, a perfect white T-shirt. I do really like the the T-shirts from Everlane. I live in San Francisco, so it's basically sweater weather all year round. So a cashmere sweater for sure, which uh, can be a really long lasting piece. And then generally like a pair of cool trousers. Um, I found some great vintage trousers lately and then uh, maybe a vintage blazer. And then I, you know, as I said, I think fashion should be fun. So it's not necessarily like everything's monochromatic or black or white, but if I find something I really love, like I bought this great green coat with like a Sherpa collar that I, last year that I wear all the time. And it was such a great investment, even though it's a statement piece, because I feel like it's so special and I feel really cool every time I wear it. But it was a great investment because I wear it all the time. And I think cost per wear is another way to think about your clothes. Versus just like what the retail price point is. And you're going to get a lot more wear out of your clothes if you have a smaller wardrobe. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. So like cleaning out your closet religiously, um, making sure that it's going to a place where it's going to be resold. And then when you have higher quality pieces in your wardrobe, you can get more value out of it in the secondary market too. And this is not a change you're going to be able to make overnight. You're not going to go through your closet and throw away all your clothes and then start over with a sustainable wardrobe. That would be counterproductive. So the better option would be to pick up those quality items here and there as you're already going through your closet and getting rid of those items that you no longer wear and building that capsule wardrobe, making that wardrobe smaller with better quality pieces that are going to last you a lot longer. Exactly. In January is the time to do it. We are all thinking about what we can do this year to be different, be better. And this is a great place to start. And as you said, it's a, a lifetime commitment. And there's and there really aren't a lot of right or wrong in how you do it. But uh, trying to reduce how much you're consuming is a great place to start. I am going to link your information in the description box of this podcast because one thing about your company, I saw a tagline that said, we make clothes for forever and you in mind. And I just, I love that because it really makes you think about what you already have in your closet and how you can make those positive changes. Well, thank you. I, 
um, hope to just be one small part of the big change that we are starting to see in how we think about clothes and dressing. So it's, it's exciting that people are as excited about it as I am. Thank you so much for joining me today. Margaret Koblenz, founder of Francis Austin. With a buy better, buy less philosophy, Francis Austin releases two collections per year using biodegradable materials and packaging. You can find out more about Francis Austin by checking out the links in the description box. I've got their website linked up, Facebook and Instagram accounts. And I've also got a link to my blog, Five Sustainable Fashion Trends for 2020. Take the time and check that out. Thanks for listening to the Be Beautiful podcast.